Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures, our Saturday edition. We are grateful to be here today. I'm really excited about this episode. and Well, I'm excited about episode. I love every guest. Uh, this one is a little bit uh, special for us uh, because we get to talk with Rodney Taylor, ASC, and we've been having some cinematographers on lately, but because we always get new listeners, for those of you, the ASC is the American Society of Cinematographers, and you'll see that in a lot of movies. A lot of cinematographers have it and a lot of television shows. Great place. Uh, They're just about art and integrity and sharing art. So with that, I'll introduce uh, Mr. Rodney Taylor. Welcome to the show, Rodney. Thank you. It's a a pleasure to be here. I look forward to talking with you. Thank you very much. We want to, of course, thank uh, David and Meredith, and we, uh, of course, Mr. Richard Crudo, who has uh, helped us get other guests that are ASC members and been so gracious to us. Um, Actually, I just wanted to say real quick, Rodney, I've I've been, uh, I've crossed paths paths with you at the clubhouse before, but just the nature of how everyone's always talking. Uh, But there was a time, one time where I was just two feet away. I wasn't eavesdropping, but I just wanted to commend the way you were uh, interacting with other artists and you weren't just about yourself and you were very uh, giving to the people you were talking with. And I love uh, hearing that. And since we're here today to talk about, and congratulations, we're here today to talk about Rodney's Emmy nomination for uh, se- or episode 10, season two of Ballers. So congratulations, Rodney. Oh, thanks, man. And Is, uh, thank you for commenting on the uh, I don't know. It may, maybe it was students I was talking with at the clubhouse. I, I think it's so important that we pass on all, all everything we can to students and and future cinematographers. So um, I think it's, that's an important um, goal of mine is mentoring and, and helping young cinematographers. Well, we we you know we appreciate that, and I've again um, that's kind of what uh, Richard. Crudo has kind of done with our show. I'm obviously not a cinematographer, but I know given to us by uh, getting us guests so it can help obviously legitimize the show. And, but what I would love to know, uh, unless it's just a private moment that you don't want to comment on, what was it like when you, when you heard you, I mean, the ASC guys to me are not waking up each morning for awards but what is it like to hear, <laughs> to get that call that you're, that you're, you got an Emmy nomination? Yeah, it was actually pretty crazy because I was not expecting that at all. Um, you know, I was in, I'm in Atlanta right now shooting uh, season two of Star with Lee Daniels. And of course, it's incredibly busy. And I just got a simple text from my agent. Um, just Rodney exclamation points. And I thought that was a little odd and I was in a meeting, so I couldn't respond. And then, um, 
And then I got a phone call from him, and he left a message. This is Dan Burnside, my agent at Detner Desoto. Uh, call me as soon as possible. And I'm like, oh, man, well, uh, is this about a job? I mean, I'm on a job now for a few months. Uh, that's weird. And so I called him up, and he's carrying on. He's very excited. I don't know what he's talking about. And all of a sudden, he goes, wait, you don't know the news? Have you heard the news? I go, what news? He goes, you've, got, you've been nominated for Ballers. I was like, what? Is that today? Like, I didn't even know the Emmy nominations were announced. So, yeah, it was pretty surprising and, um, and, and pretty funny. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome. And I, I've seen you introduce some stuff. I've uh, had the good fortune to attend and also cover the last couple of, the last three ASC dinners. And I, love how I always call it the room full of 200 guys who would probably rather be in jeans and baseball caps, but they're in tuxedos. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I don't have that feeling like everybody's out to look cool and say what they're wearing. And I, you pass by those conversations and you just hear the talking about a, you know, the different gear, what's coming out. And it's just like, I, you know, I just love it. Cause you, you never really uh, see that. Um, and then especially uh, just to, to let the audience know before we go into some of ballers, for those of you, uh, I had actually stayed away from ballers cause I'm addicted to enough uh, TV shows. <laughs> and uh, one does need to do something with their time besides study film. But um so what was funny was, was I was just about to, I had it in my queue and I thought, okay, I'm going to wait one more week. And then I got this email. So I was fortunate enough to check out this season and I watched it in two nights. Uh, you guys should really check this out. It's not just about being a fan of uh, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, there's a lot of layers to the show and we'll get into a cool thing about uh, cinematographers that uh, usually they revolve with television shows. So the fact that Rodney shot this whole season, I have a question coming up for him. But I wanted to let you guys know, as audience, uh, he's got a diverse career here uh, doing from, for those of you that don't know, cinematographers start out as first AC and then second AC and then they're camera operators and then sometimes they're additional photography. So... Rodney's work can be seen in The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg um, and also this great musical documentary titled The Wrecking Crew. Uh, we won't go into it because uh, just music fans, you need to check it out. And then you have Ballers, which is uh, just bananas. So so my first <laughs> question is, uh, because what's what I love about what I loved about Ballers was that uh, and it's the writing and it's the way you captured this season. Uh, and of course, you know, it's not spoilers to people that it's about football players and that with that comes the houses, the monies, the jets, the Coke, the, the women uh, was that um, I guess in shooting it, this could, this actually, this just came to me in shooting it. Was there a way or plan for you that to no way glorify any of the dark parts of ballers. Um, I wouldn't say that it's shot to glorify it, but I, but 
I, I really love stories that have flawed characters and it's the, and they're, they're multidimensional characters and, and Dwayne's character and many of the characters of ballers are just that they're, they're not, you know, they're not one dimensional. You don't know what's coming. And he has a lot of flaws. He's, he's a, a, you know, he plays a former, former superstar football player. And, uh, but with that came a lot of, a lot of pain and a lot of uh, problems. He had a lot of financial problems. And so it's great to not um, be able to shoot something that has a story that's not uh, full of cookie cutter or stereotype characters. Uh, It gives you a lot more places to go. So that, well, that was my main thing uh, that I loved with the, that there was no glorifying of it. And I know we live in a culture where people think, the average person, and this is not snobby at all, uh, the average person thinks that Dwayne Johnson makes the show or the director makes the show and that, and that it's not a team of writers and producers and crew and that everything, uh, so many thing go, things go into a shot. So I really admired that in watching that show, I mean, of course, I'd love to have a jet to jet off to New York City, but uh it didn't make me want to sit around and do any of the things that come with some of that lifestyle. And so I wanted to commend you on that. Uh, just, it made me think of Wolf of Wall Street, which of course also to me, uh, Rodrigo, I always pronounce his name wrong. Prieto did not glorify any of the stuff either, in my opinion. Now with the, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, and this doesn't, spoil anything to say that there was a club scene in Miami was I was really interested <laughs> as a you know I mean it was okay you know the well so there was a night where they were out doing coke I mean um yeah what is uh speaking to your episode uh and of course we're just talking we're talking about the only club scene I'm always interested in how cinematographers light and work with exposure of lights that are within the film lighting. So you have to light the actors and you have to light the set, but then you also have those club lights. How do you, what's the process to match how those are exposed with what you need as key light, fill light, backlight, et cetera? Yeah, uh, we went to the club uh, to scout, scout. Um, you know, we went, uh, on an afternoon, of course, when there's nobody in there, um, and we turn, we we work, we always have the club. In 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 each case that I've done clubs like that, you you meet with the the person who does the lighting for the club, and uh, we basically ask him to turn everything on, and we kind of look and see what the vibe is because you you really don't want to, especially on a TV schedule, go in and light the club from scratch. So you want to basically go into the club and 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 then add to what they have existing. So we, we went in and we looked at it. Uh, it was very important to me to have a lot of color for that scene. Um, I would say Ballers overall is, is, you know, has some color, but it's not a super colorful show. And, and But that scene, I wanted to have real color. I wanted the actors to be lit by color. And, um, you know, so it's incorporating our lighting into uh, the club lighting, um, 
you also have to be a little aware of some of these lights flicker uh, and are not film friendly. So you have to, to figure out very quickly which lights you have to turn off and get rid of. So, um, so that's sort of the process. You go in and then you add colored lights. Usually these days they're LED lights, you know, that you can make any color. So you go in with a gaffer and you make a plan. Um, you know, my gaffer on that show, Antal Steinbeck, very big collaborator, and I was so fortunate to have a great, you know, Miami crew on that show, including Jamie Fine, our our, uh, our key grip also. And so you're working with them to try to figure out how to make that. And then, you know, there's – there's uh, so a lot of it is environmental lighting. You're kind of lighting the room, and then you're placing the actors in places where you know it'll look good. So you're finding – you know, if I place Dwayne here in the background, there's this really cool laser green light showing through to him, and that'll look great in the background. And so you're and you're working with a director then blocking to to the light in a way. So and then we incorporate our lighting, and so then we're choosing colors to be on his skin to to that look good in the club, but also look good on his skin tone and. And all that. So you're 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 just sort of working into the club, and you're at, we're adding quite a bit of light, but um, you know you're working within that environment. Also, ballers is meant to look very natural. So you know even though outside of a window you'll have you might have three or four 18ks outside the window, it's meant to look very natural and like it's lit by the sun from outside. So. Well, yeah, that led me into that just kind of uh, going over your resume, you have, uh, and this uh, this kind of applies to ballers, uh, I mean, a Michael Jordan documentary, an Olympic documentary, a documentary about swimmers, and then, of course, uh, the wrecking crew. So uh, ballers, in a way, kind of had uh, a strong uh documentary feel like you were saying natural so when you said natural i remember really enjoying that it wasn't uh being hip it wasn't i mean i know it wasn't to be hip because you've explained it and just the nature of the show but there was some pretty amazing and oh by the way i forgot to mention so the audience knows this is a single camera emmy nomination so I don't remember. I believe that award came out or was created because some of the stuff done with the West Wing. I might be wrong, but um, this, so this is uh, one camera. So for most of you, you know, when, obviously when you watch Two and a Half Men, there's three or more, and, and this is obviously uh, getting coverage. So all this work is done, and there's some, pretty wild scenes uh, <laughs> to have one camera that it made me think uh, what, what were you, were you just totally excited by the fact that they said you're going to get one camera or was there a little bit of like, well, this sequence just needs two. I mean, even if it's just this sequence, I mean, what was that? What was that process like doing a single camera thing? Well, it's really funny. I mean, uh, you know, two camera is the new one camera um, because we're we're always shooting with two cameras now, uh, pretty much to make any television schedule. 
So basically, and the distinction at the for the Emmys is that the the three camera, you know, show two and a half men type thing that you're talking about is in front of a live audience usually, and there's three or four cameras coordinated to work within a scene, and it's lit in that studio so they can shoot it in front of a live audience in the time, you know, allowed for the show. And in case of ballers, it's called single camera. It's more like, you know, how you shoot a movie or a television series that it's on location and, you know, you're shooting, but, but generally these days, most of the time now I'm, I'm using two cameras all the time and sometimes three, if there's a big scene. Um, so, that's that's one of the distinctions there. So we're constantly now trying to light four two cameras, which is of course much more difficult. And um, in the case of ballers, also we do quite a bit of cross coverage, which if your viewers uh, don't aren't familiar with that term, it's when let's say Dwayne Johnson and Rob Cordry are in a scene together. We generally shoot both of them at the same time. So now you've got two cameras basically almost looking at each other, and that's real challenging to make that look good uh, because in the past we've always had one camera on one side or even two cameras on the same side, so the lighting is the same. But now you're trying to make the lighting work when you've got two opposing cameras. It's very difficult. And the reason on Ballers that we did that is because, in particular for Dwayne and Rob, they're so good together and they don't necessarily ad-lib a lot, but they ad-lib just enough that sometimes you get a magical take with them. And But the reactions, you can allow them to react naturally and they're not waiting for each other to speak. So it's, uh, it, it's a very challenging show to do in that way. And, um, and as far as documentary goes, what you mentioned earlier, um, you know, my background, I started out doing live television sports and documentaries early in my career, and um, I love documentaries, and I think it's a great, both sports and documentaries are kind of a great training ground, if you will, and, um, and, and it's a great observation you make because Ballers is really meant to look like a, a documentary in a way. I mean, like, it, it's, of course, rehearsed, and we figure out how we're going to shoot it, but it's meant to be very natural, very documentary style. Uh, most of the show is handheld. And um, it's sort of wow. a very observational um, show where you're really watching as a fly in the wall, like a like a documentary cameraman. Now, is there? Um, I guess before I get into the revolving aspect of cinematographers, because uh, Richard Crudo talked about Justified and. Uh, we'll we'll get into that after this question. Now you mentioned there's obviously tones and there's obviously lighting different, and I just do not like this question because it makes me sound racist. But uh, Dwayne Johnson and his partner uh, are obviously could not be different in size or tone. So um, <laughs> and then size. also most right, especially size. So I'm. So what I've always wondered and have never gotten to ask somebody who's who shot somebody like Dwayne Johnson, how does that go into uh, framing and uh, how how it's going to cut together and match with 
possibly that with uh, that something in the background might be a little bit lower then all of a sudden it's higher because <laughs> you know what I mean like because I, I mean I think Dwayne Johnson's probably one of the best examples of of changing up the frame yeah well you know he he is taller um I I really love low angle shots so so that's great um and you know it he he looks bigger than life, which his character, even though he's flawed, he's still a bigger than life character in the city of Miami in this in the show, and and well, hell, in life he's bigger than life, you know. Um, and, and by the way, he's just an incredible actor to work with, just one of the nicest people on the set. So, um, you know, including everyone. So he's just he's a great. Uh, so he is his character is larger than life. And so you want to be a little below eye level. You want to be looking up at him, uh, even with all his flaws. So that, that wasn't a problem in, in, in the case of ballers, the story it sort of helps tell the story in a way. Okay. Cause I, I love the, the amount, I can't remember how many times I know he says <clears> it to <throat> Richard Schiff, who, uh, Toby yeah. from the West wing. I think he's one of the greatest, actors ever especially in television i always wondered why he was he's not in more films but uh i think uh he's just superb i've watched the west wing so many times i can't even fathom how many times count how many times uh so now the question uh was about the revolving cinematographers that richard crudo gave us a, a great explanation about i'd asked him about working with different directors and he had talked to me about how it's uh obviously for those of you that don't know and please rodney add to it or correct me if i'm off base uh obviously in film uh the executive producer unless it's spielberg executive producer and directing uh can be a money guy or can be a development guy or maybe they own the script the executive producer like when you see in television, they're used, they're a writer, and some of them are showrunners. We won't get into or ask Rodney, but it's obvious that, like, with Dwayne Johnson, he's more involved because he's a lead actor. You have shows like Entourage, where Mark Wahlberg was a producer. He's also a producer of Ballers, where Entourage, he had said in interviews, was loosely based on times when he had an Entourage, so there would be more involvement. But there's a difference in what an executive producer is. So what my question was, was since you got the, the, the wonderful deal of shooting the whole series, not just shooting episode one, four and 10, uh, what was that like for you? Or how did that differ? If you've ever been on something where you did kind of have to come in and it wasn't the, same director or you weren't responsible for the entire season what what was that like for you to, to have the whole season on your eyes yeah um i really enjoy being you know the, the only cinematographer um on a show it's very challenging though because especially once you start shooting and then it's trying to prep at the same time so you really have to have a very strong crew to do that and um in my case, uh, in, you know, some DPs approach it differently. Some some go out themselves to scout and leave somebody behind to shoot the, the that day of work. I prefer to have a really strong crew 
and and they go out and scout for the next uh, the next episode while I shoot, and then um, we talk about it and we we figure out how we're going to approach things as they're coming up. And uh, but you really have to have uh, a crew that knows what you're looking for and um, and real collaborators to do that. And luckily on Ballers, I had that. Um, the other thing on Ballers and HBO shows is that we had we had a very strong director, uh, Julian Perino, who was just fantastic, and he directed six of the ten episodes. So we prepped the first four episodes like it was going to be a movie, and we shot the four episodes at the same time. So it wasn't like we shot one and then number two, and then we shot all four at once. I think it was about 30 days of shooting. So it was like, ah. you know, a movie. So we prepped that we prepped for, I think I was there for four or five weeks prepping with Julian. And then, so I knew basically those first four, I pretty much knew every shot we were going to do. After that, it gets really tricky because now when we started up number five, I've got to rely on the crew that's been out scouting and figuring things out. And then, um, and, and so sometimes I'm literally walking into a space for the very first time the day we're shooting. And I have, you have to think really fast on your feet. Um, and I think that's where the documentary background is really helpful because you're kind of used to walking into spaces you've never seen before and shooting them. So, uh, I mean, this is on a much bigger scale, of course. And Bowers is actually a very large show in terms of budget and what's the expectations, but it's, but, but my approach is still the same, you know, like uh, there's going to be, and especially in ballers where we're going for that natural look, there's light coming through the window. Then the camera's going to look best if it's here and taking advantage of that light. And, and that's sort of how you approach it. And um, so um, I really enjoy shooting all 10 episodes of ballers in that case. And plus you get such, because uh, just as you as you said it, I've I mean I I got such bad grades in cinematography in film school that my cinematography <laughs> teacher would literally be like, I know you're smarter than the grade you're getting, and then it hit a point where he was like, you know, you're not going to be a cinematographer, you'd probably work best as a producer. So all you need to know is 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 your cinematographer wasting your time or money. And I always, I always kept that lesson with me and thought, you know, I don't need to know where everything hangs. I just need to know if he's uh, ripping me off or whatever. So, uh, and ballers, of course, I mean, what a, the, just as a, a comment, what a fun talk about locations. I mean, yachts and fine restaurants and suites and, mansions and I'm not material and I know uh, you would really have to I don't think anyone would convince me that uh, all the guys I've met at the clubhouse are like I'm going to just be good at shooting so I can have a yacht so for me it was like (laughs) this I was like wow they're really uh, if we get to talk to Rodney this was before we booked it I thought boy he's he sure roughed it here at this poolside and uh, this restaurant must've just been hell to have craft services at. Um, so I just wanted to make that comment while you were on air. Um, 
And this is really cool. Again, I, I, I recommend everyone. I, I actually hadn't seen season one of Ballers, and we're talking about season two. Uh, Rodney's Emmy nomination is for the final episode, which is a great episode and really digs into what uh, Rodney spoke of, flawed characters. This is uh, Dwayne Johnson in a different light, even though I had heard uh, you know, obviously people will say, oh, well, he's playing a guy from Miami. He went to, he's a hurricane. Uh, he's playing a football player. He was in the Canadian Football League. He's playing a guy in the entertainment business. He's in the entertainment business. But he did really put a cool stamp on not just it being autobiographical. Um, I mean, obviously, he probably relied on, I know the football world, so I can talk this lingo or work this writer or shape this, but we do also want to acknowledge that it's not just The Rock saying, hey, I'm going to lay the smack down. Um, (laughs) uh, And so, yeah, so that was, it was, I wanted to compliment you on what you created and capturing that. Um, This was, just a really cool show. I'm, I'm into season three and I, and the only reason why I haven't went back and watched season one is because I thought, well, I know everything that happens in season two and I'm going to be three episodes into season three. So I, I don't know if I'm going to end up watching season one, but I'm definitely hooked. And one last thing I wanted to say before I had just two or three more questions. Um, I discovered the West wing 24 weeds, I didn't like watching TV because I am the most impatient person on the planet. So I ended up getting in a car wreck. I was bedridden and all I could do was watch when it was right when TV on DVD came out. So I got six feet under uh, and, and those shows I just mentioned four or five seasons in. So I cannot handle at all. Uh, even Bill Maher, I'm caught up and it's making me nuts. So with ballers i didn't know it was a weekly show i thought you guys put it all up so i got to season three and i went yes i'm gonna jump into season three then i went wait a minute next week and i thought no uh i'm gonna be doing some traveling out of the country and i can't be stopping i can't be in berlin sightseeing and say i have to stop what i'm doing because ballers just hit my amazon so so i wanted to say that it's kind of like darn you guys for uh getting me into a show that i have to wait for but i guess that's the beauty of it you got me hooked and uh so i wanted to say cool and it's it's a very big pleasure for us uh to have you on uh talking to us about this show we we get excited about all filmmakers uh and we love talking with cinematographers so uh my next question is probably one of the most cliche questions but do you have a few, uh, well, I'm, I'm sh- obviously have a few. What would be a few cinematographers that are uh, your influence and basically just, you know, I know nothing about cinematography and you're going to tell me start here. Oh, wow. Um, there are so many that I've been influenced by. Um you know, of course, there's Gordon Willis and Conrad Hall who were just incredible, and those guys sort of led the way for natural lighting. Um, but I also really love 
uh, Harris Savidi's work um, tremendously. And, um, you know, I often think of his lighting in terms of, especially with a show like Ballers, the way that Harris would, you know, he kind of coined the phrase light the room. And, um, you know, you're lighting uh, the environment and and then again acting as if you're a documentary cameraman and then the actors are there so you're not perfectly lighting them in every every uh time they take a step so you know that he i would say he's a major influence and um you know i've really been responded a lot to Darius Kanji's work over the years and and uh but there are so many i'm sure i'm leaving some out even um but you know, in in the case of ballers in particular, I think that that applies lighting the room, and you know, it needs to. You know, it's like we light sometimes, and then I look at it and go, where can I put the light that looks almost like a mistake? You know, or where can I put the hard sun in so it looks like Miami? And you know, because most of those spaces are lit. I mean, they, they don't look like they are, but there's a lot of light um, that we use on the show. So, um, that's okay, good. I think yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, because you're lighting the room. I just want to illustrate to the viewers, this is something that you can really notice. And then the filmmakers who really pick it apart, there were parts that now that you mention it, were far down the hall. And I just thought, oh, the sun's coming through. It's Miami. And like you're saying, uh, lighting the room, we're not like, I guess we're not always perfectly lit. And sometimes you can't right. see who you're talking to. Obviously for television, we have to be able to see everyone but just real quick for audience, and I, I very I apologize for cutting you off, Rodney. Um, but I wanted people to know because we live in this culture of everyone knows the director, Darius Condry, of course, Seven, uh, some of Woody Allen's recent films, and uh, I'm pretty sure he shot Midnight in Paris, and then of course yes. Gordon Willis. That's The Godfather. That's Annie Hall. That's the genius of Manhattan. That's one of my favorite movies from a cinematography yeah. point of view. Um, Gordon Willis and Conrad Hall, of course, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And uh, one of his last was American Beauty. You know, Rodney, what's funny is, is I would get, and again, no film snobbery whatsoever. I would get people that would uh, say to me that, uh, Gosh, because they had heard that it was Alan Ball's break and Sam Mendes' first film. Uh, gosh, that was just such a great first film for Conrad Hall. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. I think like, it's his third or fourth Oscar, and he's influenced yeah. like everybody who sh like. Um, okay, I guess that w yeah, that was a great first effort. Um, uh, if you guys, anybody yeah. who hasn't seen Butch and Sundance, see it. But sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, and, no, it's funny because you know, of course, Butch and that's like early, early seventies. You know, Cool Hand Luke was in the late sixties. I mean, they, he got shot for fifty years. It's you know, extraordinary career. Oh, and Cool Hand. I mean, Butch and Sundance to me is that that golden. I'm colorblind, but just that tone that he captures of being in the West. And I, and I was unaware that he shot cool hand Luke. And uh, now of course uh, his son, Conrad Hall Jr. Uh, is a DP, I believe. Um, yeah. And now it's okay if you don't want to say, because uh, 
did you have, having been a member of the ASC, uh, did you ever get to meet Conrad Holland, Gordon Willis? Uh, yes, I did, and it was Excellent. it was incredible. I mean, you know, I, I would say I've been starstruck very few times in my life, but those two, I was. And Conrad in particular was so giving and so nice. I mean, you know, considered by many cameramen to be one of the nicest cameramen, um, you know, just an extraordinary uh, person. And I got to meet Gordon and you know, after his career, when he came out to, he got a lifetime achievement from the Academy. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to meet him then. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was cool. That That's one of the great things about the ASC is that we get to meet so many members, but then when you meet them, it, it's like we're all treated sort of equally, even though of course they're on a pedestal for me in a way, but like they are also asked, what have you been doing? You know? And, and so, you know, it's an extraordinary group of men and women in the ASC who really share their knowledge. Like I can just email or call any member and, and say, Hey, I saw this shot. How did you do it? You know, we talk about it and in a way you know, I think it's just a great group, and 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 the the people, you know, the the folks who have not become ASC members yet, we still share with them. I mean, it's just I think cinematographers overall are some of the more sharing uh, members of the filmmaking community, and and they sort of remind me of a way of skateboarders, which sounds like a weird analogy, but I I filmed the uh, one of the IMAX films I did was, was Ultimate X, where we filmed skateboarders at the X Games, and I watched these guys there's a there's a there's a, a competition called best trick in the x games and so you've now got like 20 skateboarders lined up on the top of a ramp and they're all dropping in and taking turns and each one is very respectfully looking at the other you go now the guy goes he he, try, he attempts this insane trick and everybody is cheering for the guy and hoping he can land it even though they're competing so you know, we're all out there, we're interviewing for jobs, we're trying to get a job, and but yet, you know, I hope the other guy can get a job as well, and that, and and I can't wait to see their next film, you know, and what they did with it, and, and you know, I'm often calling guys, man, I love what you did on that film, you know, um, so we really... You know, it's just a great community. And, um, in fact, you know, you mentioned Richard earlier. Richard and I went to dinner one night, and um, he said, man, I just had the worst interview. And I said, God, it was probably the same one I just had. And he said, oh, I met with these guys. And I went, I just met with those guys. <laughs> they were terrible. Yeah, they were terrible. He goes, yeah, God, I hope they don't call me. You know, like, we were laughing so hard at this. You know, we both had the same interview on the same day. And, and it was just like oh, God, please, I hope we don't get this job. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I said, you know, good luck, Richard. I hope you get the job. He goes, God, I don't want it. I hope, <laughs> I hope, we, I hope we, we, neither one of us get this job. <laughs> right, right. You know? So, and, uh, yes, the community you guys have <laughs> is so, it's what I love so much about the dinners. Uh, I remember my first dinner, Richard said, uh, well, first of all, it's so hard. Like we had, like I said, it's so hard to recognize anybody because they're in a tux. Um, but uh, <laughs> he had just said, yeah. you know, he had just said, talk to anyone. And of course, um, 
I remember I had went to the open house and everybody was just swarming uh, Roger Deakins. And I just thought, I don't even need to, I don't even need to add to that. And so when I saw him at the, at the dinner and it was funny because of course he was just talking what you guys all know each other. And I went up and I got about four feet away and I said, you know what? He doesn't need to hear somebody who stumbles over their words. He's enjoying dinner. <laughs> and like I like you said, I'm not starstruck, but I know I would be like, you didn't do it was no cunt. Uh, and um, yeah, Shawshank. Yeah. So I just was like, and I literally just stopped and he kind of looked over at me like, you know, do you like to be cordial? And I literally remember just kind of acting like I was lost and kind of just walking to the right and, <laughs> uh, you know, talking to somebody oh. he was with and ended up uh, getting to chat with them and just thought, you know, I don't, I don't need to be another person that after the way I saw the clubhouse was, I thought he's had enough people he doesn't know asking him about this and that. Um, so that's what I do love about those dinners is just the approachability and the being able to ask some questions and uh, just, and of course now it be, it being the Dolby ballroom, the ASC actually gave me one of my, the biggest dreams of my lifetime because it being back in the Dolby ballroom. Um, I mean, I didn't think I would ever be in there until if I ever had an Oscar nomination or something or was dating a producer who did. So uh, I was like, I'm in the Dolby ballroom. Like, I think I'm the only one in here that's just like geeking and texting my friends and I don't take selfies, but it was like, just selfie this. And um, so my, my last two questions uh, that has become format of the show is first one is I come to you. I have a script you like, budget everything's in order uh what is your dream genre that you would love that you would love to do oh wow um that's a great question i don't know i i I love doing dramas i just want a really good script and a really good um you know that's the main thing a great story and a great script um if it was a genre i think i'd love to try out a western at some point i guess um you know just because they're so big i did i did get to shoot an imax film um you know about cowboys that was pretty extraordinary and um you know so that that would be a lot of fun but but mostly it's just like a, a good story and a good script um i i like the idea that i've shot a variety of things and i don't want to just shoot one thing. I wanted to bring, you know, cinematography, um, you know, is a reflection of that particular story. It's not the style I shoot. It's the story. It's the story that I'm shooting. So, um, uh, I also really enjoy shooting music. So, um, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm doing the show star right now. Um, that has a musical component within it. Like we, we do a, uh, um, some kind of music number every week. Um, so that's been really extraordinary. Uh, okay. Cause I, it's, it's interesting cause you answered the question almost the exact same way Richard Crudo did of kind of being up for anything, but he would, well, actually he was really adamant about wanting to do a Western. He's just, that was his, 
that was his thing. Now, of course, the reverse, the question is just in reverse. You need to pay the rent. Uh, the credit cards do. You haven't eaten in a week. <laughs> what is hey, I, I, uh, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what I was going to say. Like, most, most artists can be like, okay, yeah. Um, uh, I had a friend say, do you mind sleeping on my couch? I said, I've lived in my car. So a couch <laughs> is like a suite at the Four Seasons. Um, what is a genre? No way in heck. You're not doing it. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's a genre I wouldn't try because you could probably try to get something out of anything. Now, again, it's just the script and how you respond to it, I think, without sounding too boring. But it's, you know, it really is, you know, you just want a good story to tell. And um, I think that's it. You know, it doesn't, I don't know if there's a genre that you wouldn't try as a cinematographer because it's, uh, it's a great challenge to figure it out. No, that's, that's a great answer because it is, I, that's the other thing that I really like with uh, cinematographers and unless obviously, you know, script turns everyone away from something, but that whole idea of just, uh, I think one of the reasons that I also, and I don't by any means compare myself to the talent of, uh, guys like yourself or the the cinematographers you mentioned, but I think, but what appeals to my sensibility is that with the show, I I want to do any episode. I want to talk to a. I actually have a goal to have a craft services person on because they do contribute the most important part to a film set, which is the food and water and snacks. So. Uh, to me, the show is to try anything, do anything, and uh, go with anything. So yeah. that kind of that's something that the ASC really uh, gave to me. And I I met Richard at the time when the show we we just turned three, where it was very uh, young, and uh, we didn't have that many guests, and we hadn't really found our place with film festivals. So. Um, yeah, I like that spirit. What you, I don't have the program in front of me, but you guys have that. It, it isn't it. I think it's integrity, art, and there's one other word that you guys have on those programs with your emblem. Uh, it may be loyalty, just, but yeah, yeah it's just something that, that it's, so yeah, it's something that just so says what you guys are and. Again, as we so so everyone knows, this this show is not sponsored by the ASC or an ASC show. We've just been fortunate uh, to have members on. And again, uh, we want to congratulate uh, Mr. Rodney Taylor, who is up for an Emmy for single camera series half hour for episode ten of season two of Ballers. Uh, go on HBO, and I actually tell people, if you do, if you can't afford Prime or you can't afford HBO to pirate it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> get get your credit card out. It takes five minutes, and get a free trial. <laughs> the show is worth watching. When I when I signed up for Prime, I did a free trial of like seven channels. So you guys can take the time to do this. This is worth it. Um, and you get other goodies. Like I said, check out the Wrecking Crew. And um, thank you so much for your 
uh, time today, Rodney, especially since you're uh, shooting a television show. And heck, I've I've just been a PA and wouldn't have had time to do interviews. So uh, this really means <laughs> a lot to us. <laughs> we And we wish you all the best on your creativity, but also to enjoy this time of of being an Emmy nominee. All right. Thank you. Excellent. And take care. And I, um, I, I know oh, this sounds weird, but, uh, I, I know what you look like and I will take the time to thank you in person. If I ever see you at the clubhouse or a dinner, because we're very big on personal thank yous and past just the email thing. So I look forward Great. to meeting you one day, even if it's just to say thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care and have a great, safe shooting week. Okay, great. All right. Aloha. Yep. Goodbye. And again, we are so thankful. Thank you, Rodney. Uh, I had a great amount of fun. I get this really twitchy buzz after I've done a show. So before... I go into sounding like a spaz because I can already feel the twitchy happiness coming on. I'm going to wrap it up by saying thank you again to David, Meredith, uh, Richard Crudo, uh, the ASC, even though they in no way sponsored or put on this show, but just for the all that they've given through their members. And, of course, to Rodney slash Mr. Taylor, we wish you best of luck on this Emmy nominee Emmy nomination, and that's going to do it. Take care, have a great day, and no matter what, watch a good movie.